welcome everybody back to a very special Game Ball podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mark. Um, I thought I would try a little pilot program um, since we will have to figure out uh, something to do uh, once the two baby Game Balls come um, in the next couple months here. Um, that will see Tom and Jen unable to make it uh, for the uh, podcast any longer. So I thought I'd try a little bit of a solo uh, podcast here. Um, we're going to do the typical, uh, I'm going to say what I've been playing, talk about, uh, you know, uh, things that um, I liked about it and all that. Just won't have the commentary back and forth, but just sort of keep you guys on top of what I've been playing. Uh, then I'll go through some news. Um, here and then I got a very special uh, third segment which we may mess around with um, if we uh, do it in this format going forward um, that will also um, you know lead into uh, the retro roulette game um, since I won't necessarily have the wheel to do it I thought I'd try to do it in my own special way um, a little bit differently just so we don't blow through uh, some of Tom's games while Tom is unable to play them so, without further ado, um, let's start off with the obvious. Um, if you've been watching on the stream, uh, I have been playing uh, Persona 3 Reload uh, with you guys. Got through um, one long stream um, and the uh, second stream, uh, a little shorter, but um, you know, I just wanted to get it in before uh, the weekend here. Um, but so far, uh, the game is great as usual. Um, the only thing that's really interesting. Uh, about this new one is that when I played, I played Fez um, on the uh, PSP or rather the PS1 um, version through PS Classics or whatever the PS3, you know, um, thing was. Uh, and so I played it with, with a female protagonist. Um, so because uh, I just thought she looked cooler than, than, the, uh, than the male protagonist. But in this one, it's a traditional original um, Persona 3. Uh, so... Um, seeing some of the uh, choices um, feel a little bit more natural than they did uh, with the with the female character, at least early on here. I didn't get very far um, uh, with my playthrough before, uh, but yeah, this once again some some really good voice acting. Um, probably most notable um, is uh, Liam O'Brien, uh, which you don't see in many games anymore because he's more moved on to a director. Um, you know, Liam of Critical Role fame. Um, so it's it's interesting to. Um, hear his voice for the first time in a game and notice it. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, the the graphics are great um, and definitely the upscale. It's definitely playing off the Persona 5 vibe um, in terms of uh, high fidelity uh, Persona graphics. I think the one main thing so far going through is that it's got me hype as hell for Persona 6 whenever that comes out um, because this story is okay. Um, nothing very grabbing you early on. Um, you know, the other ones had some really nice hooks, um, to the early game. This is just weird with the, you know, the, the dark hour, um, and the Tartarus and stuff like that. I'm sure it opens up more as most Persona games do when you get through the first, uh, 10 hour tutorial. Um, which isn't as bad as like when we joke around about Final Fantasy 13, Personas is really, they just slowly introduce all the aspects to the game because there is a lot going on. You have your social links, you have your persona upgrades, um, you have what to do during the day to upgrade skills, um, you have fighting in Tartarus, um, then you have the main story. So there's a lot of things 
Um, so they slowly throw it at you over um, a course of, you know, uh, 10 hours or so, uh, roughly. Um, I think Persona 5 is a little longer. I think it's by the time you're through the second uh, palace that you've really got everything you need. And then just the Persona stuff slowly as you level up um, inside the Velvet Room um, there. So, so far, loving Persona 3 playthrough. Hopefully I can get it done. Um, or at least moderately through it um, before, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth comes out at the end of the month. Um, and that leads perfectly into the other thing that I played uh, this week. Uh, I did attempt to stream it, and I do apologize for anybody that did show up for that stream. The uh, PlayStation 5 was acting a little funky. Um, not entirely sure what happened. Maybe Dust, maybe it was having that and the Xbox next to each other and the small setup I have um, by my PC for streaming. Um, but it wasn't overheating. It wasn't telling me it was overheating, but maybe going to rest mode on its own is PS5's way of saying that. I don't know. Let me know in, in um, on Twitter um, if that's what you think it was. Um, once I moved it out to my living room where there's more space in my normal gaming setup, um, I had no problems, and I went through the demo uh, with relative ease, not even like a loud noise coming from the PS5. So I'm going to test it out um, here. Uh, because I am about eighty percent sure I may, um, I may stream through. I may stream Rebirth um, on the channel here. Um, just uh, anytime I want to play it, I'll just jump on stream instead of playing it on my own um, here. So that might be some real long streams. It'll just be. I just want to get to the aspect of if I'm going to start trying to stream some newer games. Um, I just wanted to play it in the way that I play games, um, in, in the sense of. Um, you know, uh, playing it, you know, through large chunks. Um, now it may, I may decide not to do this just for the sheer fact of trying to, um, you know, I won't get as good of a quality, um, playing it through stream for you guys, but I would love to hear what you think. Um, uh, you know, if you think you'd be interested in watching me play through uh, rebirth, um, and I'm also leaning towards, there's probably going to be shitty people that will spoil things. Um, so we'll say, you know, 75, 80% that I may do it, but still a chance I won't. But I will, you know, definitely continue Persona 3. That is that is number one um, with a bullet. Maybe I'll find another new game to stream as well and kind of run myself ragged with three games. But we'll see. Just stay tuned. Um, it's all very fluid right now. Um, you know, since we will be down to uh, members uh, for a few months, um, just trying to figure out what I can do, um, you know, on my own uh, personally to keep everything going. So. Um, with that said, um, I did get through the full demo. Um, it is the uh, Nibelheim um, flashback sequence when the gang is sitting in calm. So what I imagine uh, will take place is you'll get, I'm going to say about an hour before this, is just them getting to calm and with some cut scenes and some things like that. You may even get a Zach segment maybe before you get to this part. Um, and then you'll get to this part. I may play through it again. Um you know, uh, if I'm trying to figure out different affinities and stuff like that, um, rather than being able to skip it like I did in, um, like I can for playing the demo. Now, if it tells me that anything that happens in that um, flashback has nothing to do with your affinity, you know, golden saucer date stuff, um, then I will skip it. But yeah, so game looks good. I don't know how old this build is. I hope they sharpen a couple things. Um, there were some uh, bad textures, but no... No pop-in um, stuff in terms of, like, um, in, in Remake, 
you know, Cloud's uh, apartment door number and stuff like that. There's nothing too bad there. I mean, the telephone's a little grimy, but um, again, that seems like stuff you can touch up um, in the last few weeks uh, beforehand. Uh, combat feels amazing. Um, I didn't fully learn um, how to do certain things, but I've learned about them from watching other people uh, play through the game and people that I trust um, on YouTube and Twitter, or not Twitter, Twitch. Um, and just just seeing the different ways uh, that the combat is being used and how what they slight things they've changed. And um, it's been a while since I played Remake, so I couldn't you know get into the flow of combat yet, but it'll get there. Uh, but yeah, Sephiroth felt amazing, but obviously he did. He's a completely powered up character. Um, and he can make the fights trivial because he has access to, uh, uh, the level three magics. Uh, so if you have the MP and, um, the ability, you can just hit them with something real big if they're weak to it. And it'll basically destroy every monster, even the bosses that you fight. Um, uh, two things, um, that I noticed, um, and curious about is um, now higher level magics take two ATB cages instead of just one. Um, so it's a little bit more risk reward uh, in that aspect. I find that very fascinating. Um, and, you know, is a way, you know, to not just allow later fights if you've leveled up your characters ridiculously to be um, too easy. Um, so. Yeah, was the the other thing was the ability to have uh, different abilities uh, be more effective in the air than on the ground. That was one of the downsides to remake was the air combat wasn't too great, and mostly you just defaulted to Barrett. And then when you didn't have Barrett, it was like, oh, I have a block maybe that gets him in the air, and it was just kaput. Um, not really a very very much the same flow as the ground combat was. Uh, so that has improved. The synergy stuff seems fun. I can't wait to see what you can do with all of them. Uh, the fun thing I did learn was that um, each one has their own synergy. So it's not like, uh, let's just use Sephiroth and, and Cloud, for example. It's not just that Sephiroth and Cloud have the same, um, you know, uh, shared synergy abilities. Um, they each have their own with that person. So that means that whatever combination you want to be, it's going to be ridiculous. Um, and there's going to be so many different, um, combinations, um, in there for just the ability to, you know, uh, use different things to your advantage, like, you know, teaming up like uh, a Barrett with, a um, a Tifa, Tifa's in, I wonder if it's something where Tifa is in doing the punching, um, or, or Barrett shoots him out of the air and Tifa hits him on the ground, or as they've shown in the thing, Barrett and Aerith, where you can use guns and magic. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the combinations are um, going forward. But um, yeah, the the other thing, the final thing, really, uh, the way they laid out Nibelheim, it was great. Uh, because when I first walked into town, I was like, oh, did they completely redesign the town? Um, because it's a very distinctive uh, map. Um, for those of us that played Final Fantasy VII a good bit. Uh, probably more for Tom than myself. But you first walk in, you see all the buildings are scattered a little bit. And then finally, you walk up these set of stairs, and then you get plopped right in what is the middle of the Nibelheim map. You get the water tower, you get the inn, you get the general store, you get your house, you get uh, Tifa's house. Right there, as it was in the PS1. And then there's stuff past it, there's a couple houses past it, and then you get to the 
stairs that lead to Shinra Mansion or Manor or whatever they call it um, there. And then to the right is Mount Nebel. Um, so they just added stuff on the periphery to sort of make the town seem bigger, um, which just has me excited about all the other um, towns you go to um, that they might expand on those. Uh, maybe not have things in them for you to do, um, but sort of just make them feel larger. Um, like even the glimpses we got a calm, you know, I'm excited to see what an expanded, you know, uh, calm looks like. So um, really excited. Going to play the open world part and probably have more comments on the um, combat uh, for next podcast um, since that'll come out on the 21st. And maybe we'll have a whole persona, uh, persona, Jesus, um, Final Fantasy VII uh, rebirth conversation with the two demos with Tom um, for next episode. Yeah, so that, that's mainly what I've been playing. You know, I throw on the sports stuff while, you know, watching people uh, play through the demo, um, you know, come two birds with one stone stuff, but nothing, nothing vastly important. Um, haven't really got back to Last of Us Part Two, um, just because the other things have come out. Um, and but I am looking forward to getting back to that with uh, with the director commentary on, just to get uh, some insight to some of the stuff. Um, I do recommend speaking of Last of Us Two, um, watch the documentary. It is fantastic and well worth your time if you're around um, and into games. Um, at the time when that whole fiasco happened between February and June, um, you know, uh, with the leaks and, you know, and how much, how long certain decisions were in play. Um, and it's just a really fascinating documentary. Um, the first one was pretty good, too, but this one seemed a little bit better. Um, so be sure to check that out. All right. Let me go into the news. Um, speaking of Persona 3. Um, it has become the fastest selling game in Atlas history, um, with over 1 million sales, um, in its first week, um, out. And that was what I was mentioning before. Um, the final, uh, Persona 6 is going to be an event when it comes out. Um, and this is more proof of it. Um, and that was the, the million sales is in spite of it being a Game Pass game which is mind-boggling. Um, so the, uh, the main thing is that, you know, these, these games, as they're getting more and more to a wider audience, um, you know, they're getting more and more popular just because they have um, such a, a, a sense of having the hardcore uh, RPG mechanics of, you know, the little bit of Pokemon stuff too um, uh, with, with, the, with the personas and things like that. Um, and also on top of the visual novel stuff, um, in a sense with the, with the high school stuff, um, and then, you know, all the abilities to, you know, farm and, and, uh, you know, grind and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, if you can get, if, if you're okay with the very anime story, um, this has all the mechanics of, of traditional JRPGs and, um, and it's no surprise that in this current era, it's, uh, it's selling like crazy. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't picked it up already, um, you know, uh, be sure to do that because I, I think it's, 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 a, it's a really good remake. And, um, you know, I, I, I will go to bat for the Persona games. Um, you know, there's content, some content that's a little bit crazy. Like this has a major trigger warning. I forgot to mention this when I was playing. Um, the way they summon the Personas is they put a gun to their head and shoot. Um, so if you have any sensitivity to suicide or images like that, you're probably not going to want to play this game because, um, they don't shy away from it and they don't censor it or anything like that. 
Um, so yeah, if, if you're, if you're cool with that, um, or it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother you, then feel free to go at it, but still a million sales with a game on game pass is kind of amazing for an RPG that used to be very niche. So moving on, um, speaking of final fantasy rebirth and remakes, um, the director of final fantasy eight, um, said that he would choose to change the junction system. Um, if they do a Final Fantasy VIII remake like they did for Final Fantasy VII. Um, Kitase uh, said uh, he'd really rework the battle system, um, noting that players struggled with the stat-heavy junction system. Um, and he's not going to say it, but um, uh, really broke the system. Um, he said, I think you may remember we had the junction system, and that thing about systems was the enemies leveled up in line with what the player's level was. And obviously you had to use the junction system and how you customize that to overcome the challenge. And I think it was very difficult for some players to get into, depending on player skills. Sometimes they just didn't work out the best way of doing it. So he would like to just remake it. Um, yeah, it would just, uh, you know, uh, if they even consider doing it, it'll take a while, um, obviously. Um, and this is where... Uh, 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 both, uh, you know, the directors of six and Katase here with eight, you know, are both saying like we're looking like ten to twenty years if we even start these. So, um, and when you think about it, it took you know at least twenty years for Final Fantasy VII remake to come out. Um, so, yeah, I feel like these games you're probably not getting them anytime soon, but um, I, I do say eight nine um, are, should get the same treatment, um, just like Resident Evil two and three did. Um, but well, we'll see. We'll see how uh, well Rebirth sells. Uh, and sticking with the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, news, a little sad news here for um, some fans out there, probably uh, definitely our own Tom. Um, uh, Vincent and Sid will not appear um, in the combat encounters. Um, so in, in Rebirth, um, so I don't know if there's going to be DLC where you'll get to play as them and fight as them, but it'll be similar to how uh, Red 13 was in remake. Um, so I think what it means is that he may be in a, they may be in a fight, but you won't be able to control them. Um, so you wouldn't, you know, be able to, um, you know, uh, control them or they might just not be there at all. I, I think, um, uh, Hamaguchi says, uh, they won't be present in battles at all, but that could also be him hiding, you know, a special situation or something. Um, but uh, Sid and Vincent, not going to be party members in the game, which uh, makes sense when you line up what, you've, what we've seen from all the battle trailers so far, um, that you haven't seen any of them fight yet. Um, so we'll just wait for part three um, to get our favorite gun-wielding vampire. Um, and the uh, I guess he's pretty much a dragoon um, in Sid. Uh, but we do get the... Uh, airship and all that stuff because um what i had heard is that the the game's probably going to end at the forgotten city which is the end of disc one um and for those of you out there to remember final fantasy 7 was three discs but they were not equally uh distributed hours on the disc Disc one held the majority of the game uh, probably you could say depending on what you do in this two um you could say close to two-thirds of the game is on that first disc um, this three is basically just the final dungeon, um, and things to allow you to clean up anything you missed, um, in, in, in the previous two discs. Um, the reason, um, because back when they did them on CDs, 
Um, the reason it had to go three disc or and, and two and three didn't have a lot of the game on it was because after disc one, the story really propels forward. And if I remember correctly, there's more FMVs um, in the later, latter half of the game. Um, so obviously back in 1997, they take up a lot more space on a CD. So disc two and three just were there just because they needed a lot more room for FMVs than they did on disc one. Um, so natural ending point here. And they can easily squeeze in the final two stuff, um, you know, for for the uh, final game here. But it still means that you're probably looking anywhere between 40 to 100 hours, depending on how much you explore and do side quests um, with it. But if you're looking to um, level up and, and, and get in some good combat sequences um, with uh, Vincent and Sid, you're out of luck. So no hyper jump or death gigas for us. Um, just yet so uh, yeah and final news um that is not <laughs> uh persona or final fantasy related um the uh game pass um games um for this uh coming february um the uh i believe first one be uh, madden 24 um will be available for download um uh, resident evil 3 uh remake um and then you'll get games like uh, Train Sim World 4, uh, A Little to the Left, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, um, Played Up, and Return to Grace. Um, and then MLB The Show will be out in March. Um, and if you were playing either of these two games, the two games leaving um, are Galactic Civilizations 3, um, if you're doing PC uh, Game Pass, and Opus Echo of Starsong. Uh, so if you were playing those games, I would hurry up and try to um, uh, finish those before February 15th. So uh, that's all I have for the news. Um, so our special segment here is um, I was we're going to do the, I'll get a little more in depth with this in future um, episodes. Like I said, this is just a pilot training at trial um, for this. Uh, but the um, I was going to do like a this week or month in gaming in a certain year. Um, so I chose randomly 1987. Um, so uh, very much Nintendo heavy. You know, there's probably some, you know, Commodore and uh, Sega Master System stuff going on. Um, but yeah, in um, in February, for instance, the um, the most uh, popular game um, that I could find that was um, released um, this month, uh, uh, 37 years ago. Uh, Konami released Contra um, on the NES. Um, probably the probably not the first game uh, that used the Konami code, uh, but it was uh, uh, definitely the one that made it popular. Uh, so uh, that released on February twentieth. Um, so what I'm going to do is for uh, Retro Roulette um, on not tonight because um, tonight I'm going to do. Um, a little, I might do, I might do a little more Persona, or maybe we'll play this. But I was thinking of doing this, um, you know, a little bit later, maybe on February twentieth, um, we can actually stream it. But that'll be our "quote unquote" retro light game for this week. It'll just be me, um, so we won't necessarily review it next podcast. Me and Tom are on, um, but in the future, um, I will discuss um, the games we play um, on there. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, the fun thing about looking this up with 1987 um, is that Zelda 2 um, was released for the this system in Japan 
um, and it would take two more years for it to come to the United States. So that just shows you how much different release windows were um, back in um, the late 80s between Japan and America, um, even on the biggest games um, like Zelda and Mario. So, yeah, you might think, um, you know, oh, I didn't play Zelda 2 in like 1989 or in the early 90s. Well, that was because Japan held it hostage for two years while they were trying to sell the disk system um, over there. So, um, yeah, so that's the third segment. Um, in the future, I would probably want to do this a little more in depth and do, you know, a little more research into stuff and just, you know, um, it wasn't as easy to find. Maybe I'll do things a little bit newer, um, like as a newer, like the 90s and early 2000s and stuff, like 20 years plus, you know, in the past, just because it might be easier to find information on stuff. Um, that would be uh, from 19, you know, in the 80s, but we might pop back here. But yeah, that's uh, that is what I am, you know, thinking for for this final segment here is just look at the history of video games here. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, this there's going to be changes coming to the podcast. Um, like I said, there's going to be more YouTube stuff uh, starting in April, um, just because I'm going to try to pump out new content once it's just me around just so that if we do the podcast like once a month instead of once every two weeks um or something i can filter it in with like you know things um i do you know just take the audio from something um we put on youtube like um if i do a new show every week or something like that um we can sort of punch that in and just so it's not me talking about the same games all the time um on here so yeah so without further ado thank you so much um this is fun um be sure to check out the stream tonight um we probably most likely will be streaming something um so it will be either you know uh contra or um a little bit more persona 3 so once again uh thank you guys and uh we'll see you next time bye